0: god is good let me count the ways let's see he's loving yes he's kind yes he's forgiving yes he's tender yes he's compassionate he's forgiving did i say he's forgiving yes i said he's forgiving And the reason why I'm going to keep harping on that he's forgiving, because he keeps forgiving us over and over and over and over. He is giving. He is grateful. He is glorious. He is magnificent. He is intelligent. He is a creator. He is omnipresent. He is the beginning and the end and everything in between. He is eternal. He is mind-blowing. He is a comforter. He is a healer. He is a deliverer. How God is, let me tell you this. You tell me how good God is. You begin to tell yourself how good God is. He is our perfect father. He is our loving father. He is our compassionate father. You know what else I love about God? I'm glad he's not petty like us. He's not backbiting like us. He's not a, a mean and ridiculous like us. Oh, we could be so messy, but God is nice. God is truth. He is knowledge. He is wisdom. He is all things. So God is good. We're going to praise him. We're going to celebrate him. And we're going to talk about the goodness of God. Welcome to another episode of Conquering Me. This is episode 12. And we're going to talk about the goodness of God. God is good. And I know some of you are already thinking how we say it in the church. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And he really is. And in this episode, I want you to just get your mind focused on just thinking of the goodness of God. In In the, um, the church where I grew up in, the denomination specifically where I grew up in is very popular for preachers to get up or a speaker, a teacher, whoever. The moment they said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, my soul cries out, thank God for saving me. And here's the thing. You get the right singer, preacher, teacher, whatever title that they have to say that quote, honey, the whole church will go up, praising, shouting. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And the thing is, sometimes we look at folks and we say, it doesn't take all that. But yet, I don't know their testimony. You don't know their testimony. You don't know where they have come from. You don't know the mind battles that they had to overcome. What are the natural or physical things that they have, have overcome? For them to be in a place, to just remember one thought of what God has done takes them to a moment of praise. And that's how it should be. We should give him thanks Thanks for the breath. Thanks for getting us up this morning. Thank you God for another day. Thank you God for my family. God is good. Now there's so many ways that we can really break this down. And we can really all of us talk about the goodness of God until we have no more breath in our body. And that's really how we should be as believers. I should be able To talk about how great and amazing and good he is until the day I take my last breath, until the day I see him face to face. And I'm in the presence of God and I rejoice because I know that he is such a good father. So I want us to really just take time. I want you at the end of this podcast to really write down if you have not. Understood anything about me throughout these episodes, I love for us to be reflective by writing and thinking and meditating on anything that we have just received. That's really how we grow and learn and obtain wisdom. If I just listen to something and I'm just like, oh, that was good, and I just keep going. How have I really taken it in? It's just like you see someone, um, some of you all may be foodies. You love. Food. Have you ever seen someone who loves food and the way that they eat? They take a bite and it feels like that bite, the seasonings and all the flavor just consumes their body. They're just like, "Mm," they start dancing. They start getting a little bounce. Some people start singing. They got a smile. They got to tell everybody, man, you got to try this. You got to try this. Oh, have you tasted this rib? Have you tasted this? That's how we should be with the word of God. That's how we should be when we think of the goodness of God. We should get so excited. Is so overwhelmed with joy and excitement where we have to tell somebody just how amazing God is. But in this podcast, I want us to specifically focus on three areas, how God is forgiving, how he is trustworthy, and God is protective. He is a protective God. And I always like to talk about the forgiveness of God because it really humbles us when we think about it and we meditate on it. We can think about things that we did not do or moved on or things that we have procrastinated, whatever it is, things that God was saying, that we knew God was saying for us to do. Maybe let go of a situation, maybe forgive someone. And yet God continues to, to show us grace and mercy for us to have another moment to forgive, right? He continues to allow us to wake up every day so that we can forgive and live a forgiving life the way that he is. And that's the goal. The goal for all of this is for us to be a reflection of God. 1 John 1 and 9, it states, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will, not maybe, not sometimes, but will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This is how forgiving God is. If we truly confess it and we believe in our hearts and we say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for my thought process or that thought that came in my mind or that action, whatever it is. The word of God says he is faithful and just to forgive us and he will forgive us. It is not a question. It is not a something that we have to be concerned about. If God forgave us, if we have confessed it and we believe that God has forgiven us, that's it. God said, I'm done. This is how forgiving he is, because what I love about God, and in some scriptures it talks about that tomorrow was cast in the furnace. I mean, yesterday was cast in the furnace. Yesterday is literally gone. God does not live in our time frame. He loves outside of our time frame. So, how a lot of times we get caught up on the past and what we have done. God is like, I'm so beyond that. If I, I just need you to say, God forgive me, and then keep pressing in me. Keep doing what I've asked you to keep discovering my love. Keep allowing me to pur- uh, to purify you. The thing is we keep bringing up our wrongs. We allow other people to bring up our wrongs. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying that you cannot learn from your mistakes because we all need to learn from our mistakes. We need to learn on where we went wrong. How can we get better? Was there a lack of faith? Is this like a stronghold? All of these things. I believe you know, um, a pastor that my husband and I were under, he said this, which was I thought was so great. He said a questioning faith is a mature faith. And I don't take questioning as in a way of to question or discredit things, but as a way of actually just seeking knowledge. The Bible says he, um, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So when things come in, into my life, let it be good, bad, and different, whatever it is, I really try to position myself to seek the knowledge of God. And we have a podcast on it about the knowledge of God. I want to seek the knowledge of God. So where I have gone wrong and I'm like, God, I keep messing up in this area. God, forgive me. My heart is to do better for you. I have to number one, know that number one, he has already forgiven me, that he has already purified me that he has already done it because it says that he will do it. First John one and nine says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. That means he is unwavering. He's always going to do it and just, and will forgive us of our sins and purify us. When we ask God to forgive us of our sins, we are asking him to forgive us and release the condemnation that is attached to it, the shame that is attached to it. Even the desire to repeat it attached to it. The worries, the woes attached to it. When we ask him, say for instance, my sin was slapping somebody. I am asking God to to literally remove and purify me from all that is attached to it. And I am believing that, yes, I am forgiving because he has already said that, but I'm also believing that as he is purifying me, he is giving me his love and compassion, all the things that I need not to go down that road again. And one thing that we have to realize when we ask God for forgiveness, he hurls our iniquities into the depths of the sea. I think some translation says the lake of forgetfulness. Micah, that's Micah 7, 18 through 19. Who is a God like you? This is what the scripture says in verse 18. Who is a God like you who pardons sins and forgives the transgressions of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy, wow. Wait a minute. Have you ever heard someone say, I need to get myself together before I come to God? You know, before I start coming to God and really start living for God, I need to get myself together. That is not how that works. But the reason why they say that is part of it is the church because the church, we have shunned people. Um, depends on what they look like, what they do. We are not as accepting as we think we are and we are not as loving. How about this? Because it's not to accept what they are doing, but it's to bring them into the kingdom and bring them into the house of God so that they can be saved and clean and get the word in them so they can live a righteous and holy life according to the will of the Lord, and according to the scripture. So we push far more people away than what we realize. And sometimes we do it by using the word of God. So instead of them bringing them into the kingdom, we're actually pushing them away from the kingdom. But Micah 7, 18 and 19 says, who is a God like you who pardons sins and forgives the transgressions of the remnant and of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but you delight. God delights to show mercy. So for those people who are saying, I got to get myself together before I can really come to God. He's like, I delight in giving you mercy. How about you come to me and just experience my mercy? Because you you believe that you're not worthy of my forgiveness. But do you think you're worthy of my mercy? Verse 19 says, you will again have compassion on us. And you will tread our sins underfoot and hurl our iniquities into the depths of the sea. I don't know what the exact number is, but they said, now, if we want to take this to a natural standpoint. They said, I believe scientists are saying 80% of the uh, earth, the water that is under the earth, we still cannot, they haven't even discovered. Like there's a certain amount that they have not even tapped into because it's just that deep. This scripture says he is literally throwing all of our iniquities and all of our pains and everything that we say, God, give, I give this over to you. Forgive me. He said, I'm, I am purposefully throwing it into the depths of the sea to the rock bottom. And guess what? God ain't trying to bring that back up because he delights to show you mercy. That's what verse 18 says. Another scripture says he, his grace and mercy renews every morning. God's forgiveness is so beautiful. He said, I'm not trying to hold on to this stuff. That's you. What does God gain? How does he get the glory of you staying stuck? he doesn't seem as a deliverer or a healer or a peaceful God, a loving God, a redemptive God, a saving God. If I stay stuck in my mess and God never forgives and he sometimes forgives or loves to throw things back in my face and be a petty God, how does this actually make him look good? It doesn't. So we have to say, God, I thank you for your forgiveness. So when we ask of God's forgiveness, we have to believe that we have received his forgiveness. And a lot of us, the hurdle is not believing that it's actually us forgiving ourselves. And that's when we say, God, I can dwell on your mercy and I will receive your mercy. And I know that you will stay with me even in the midst of me still struggling to forgive myself. He is a just and faithful God. And you know what else he is? He is trustworthy. You can trust him. One reason that w- w- why we know that we can trust God, because he hasn't changed. He's not going anywhere. Some of us have trust issues because people are unstable. God is very stable. He is very consistent. His promises are yea and amen. His promises never return void. And here's the thing, this is how consistent God is. is. In this scripture, and I I need to find it, but one of the, is a scripture that says his gifts are without repentance. God is so faithful that even when he gives you something that is meant for the kingdom of God, even if you do not use it for the kingdom of God, he won't snatch it back. That's just not what it, because he said, look, I have to stay true in who I am. If we follow the scriptures from the beginning to end, from the beginning of time, God was always preparing for the birth of Christ, for the life of Christ, for the death and resurrection for Christ, and for the second coming. From the beginning. Verses, uh, numbers, Numbers 23 and 19 says, God is not a human that he shall lie, not a human being that he could change his mind. Does he speak? and then not act, does he promise and not fulfill? This is why God is trustworthy. He is not moved by our human emotions how we are. Sometimes we back out of situations because it seems overwhelming or because the person seems kind of fickle or whatever the case is. God says, I have to fulfill my promise because my glory has to be fulfilled. I need my children to see me. So even when we turn and we say, well, God said this and God said that, and it's kind of all over the place. God is saying, I told you what to do. I need you to fulfill what I told you to do. And I will make good on what I told you to do. What's that saying? Uh, Cash, you can write a check on that and cash that, whatever that saying is. That's just really the promises of God and him being so trustworthy. Think about it. He has never left us, nor will he forsake us. So many scriptures talk about that. He will never leave nor forsake you. Psalms 145 and 13 says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all of his promises and faithful in all he does. I love this scripture because... I'm kind of a, not not really a science buff, but I'm very interested, not science, but a history buff. I really am in, interested in history. And it's so interesting how you can see when we look back at history, how many kingdoms have fallen At one point, you know, everyone talk about the Mayan people, the Roman Empire. It was all of these things. When you look at history on empires and kingdoms that literally ran the world, not just their uh, territory, but no, they were the top dogs. They ran the entire world from the beginning before they even were erected before the first building pyramid, whatever God was there. And even after they lost their power and everything fell apart, God is still there. He's still there to this day. He will still be here from generations after we are all gone. However long this podcast lasts, I don't know how long podcasts will be around. It may be a hundred, two years, a hundred or 200 years from now, whatever technology looks like, doesn't matter. God will still be here and he will still reign on the throne. His power and his, and his love will always be. And this is why we can trust him. He says, I never sleep nor slumber. So even when he's resting, He, he de- I mean, even when we are resting, he's not resting. Some of us have trust issues because we say people don't show up. Ask, please let me know when's the last time God didn't show up. Now, he may not have showed up how you wanted him to or when you wanted him to, but he always showed up. If you woke up today, he showed up. It does not matter what is happening in your life. He shows up, but we have to look for him. Sometimes we are so married to a specific outcome. We want it to look like this. We want it to, the process to be a specific way. And a lot of times it's without pain, without trauma, without pushback, without anything. But God has always been there. His wisdom has always been there. One of my favorite passages of scripture, Yea, though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Even in my darkest moments, you are with me. Even when I'm on the top of the mountain, you are with me. Even as I'm walking up the top of the mountain, you are with me. Even even as I'm walking down, you are with me. I trust him because he is faithful and he is true. And his promises never return void. He is always going to make sure that he gets the glory. So I have to believe and trust in that and knowing that God is faithful. Why? Because God ain't trying to be out in these streets looking crazy. He's not. And he will not he will always reign, always reign. And there is a peace that comes along with that when we know that God is always in control, that he is always with us, even when we are feeling our loneliest, when things are just changing and there's too much change going on and you don't know what's happening, you're left from your right, none of that. Who is always stable is God. And also with him, He is beyond protective. I don't know if you can be beyond protective, but he is. God is protective. He doesn't let us go through things without a gain. He does not allow life to take us out. Now, I want to make this clear. Some things we have entered into that God did not want us or maybe intended for us to go through. But this is once again, his grace and his mercy. The scripture says, all things work together for the good of them who love God and are called according to his purpose. So even some decisions that we made. That was not what God wanted, because there is a passage in the scripture where it says the children of Israel, they were begging for a king and God did not want them to have a king, but he still gave it to them instead. And they went through a lot of stuff. They still came out of Egypt. Even when they were complaining in the wilderness. They were cutting up in a wilderness. Only a certain group were able to go to the promised land, but they still went. There are certain things and decisions that God is saying, that's not my, per- my perfect will. But even that, his love, he says, you know what? I understand as a father, certain things you need to learn. And I'm going to let you learn this one. Psalms 1830 says, as for God, his way is perfect. I'm gonna say that again. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in it. When I'm doing the will of the Lord and I'm doing what he's calling me to do, I can at least take peace in knowing that I have refuge in him, that I am protected. Now here's the thing, does not mean that you will not go through because you will go through. The Bible talks about suffering for righteousness sake. The fruit of the spirit, long suffering. There are certain things that you will go through. Our patience, our faith will be tried so that we can have patience. There are so many things that you will go through. But I understand that if I am in his will, the truth is this. If you are a believer or if you're not, you're going to go through. You're going to have successes and you're going to have failures or you're going to have something that is going to really challenge you but i love the fact that as believers even in even in our quote-unquote failures it really is success because if, if i am in god i'm winning because i just said all things work together of the good of them who love god and are called according to his purpose so even if i have my human moments and i do too much and i'm being a brat and i Come back into the rightful place say, God, forgive me. Please forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Show me your ways. I'm getting back on track. He says, cool, I'm going to throw it in the lake of forgiveness. I'm not going to bring this back up. You don't bring it back up and you don't repeat it. Now I can work this out for your good, because at the end of it, God wants to get the glory out of our lives. He is protective. And this scripture, we know that a lot of us have heard And this is Isaiah 54 and 17. No weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. The Lord was declaring no weapon formed against us will prosper. No weapon forged against us, you will prevail. It won't prevail. That's how protective he is. He does not allow and will not allow it to consume us. He will lift up a standard so that the enemy will not touch you. Now here's the thing. Will I, I said it? Will you go through? Yes but it will not take you out. It will not consume you. That's where your faith has to be. That's where you have to believe on. That's where you have to say, God, it is good. Even though I feel this affliction, even though I feel this pain, even though I feel this suffering, I know that this will not last always. For the suffering of the present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. That's in Romans. So it does not matter. I want you to understand that whatever you're going through, even if it's negative, this is just a moment in your life. Do not turn it into a lifetime. If it turns into a lifetime, that's you. That's not God. This is just a moment. God is so protective to where even our pain is just temporary. Because he wants the glory to come. He wants us to give him the glory and the glory to come from us. So God is good, God is good, God is good, God is good. Man, I hope that you know that God is good. I pray that you know that God is good. And I hope that you believe that God is good. Start speaking that. Speak that around your house. Speak that in your car, your jobs, your business, your relationship, whatever it is. Speak the goodness of God. Let your language change your very atmosphere. God, we thank you for this episode. God, we thank you. I pray that you have gotten the glory. I pray that people see the goodness of you. I hope they seek more of you to understand more in depth of the goodness of you. God, let them write the promises of you on their walls so that if any time the enemy comes in like a flood to try to destroy their faith, destroy their hope, they can look on the things that you have already brought them from. God, let us put our personal testimonies down so that we can go back and reflect and say, wow, God, you did deliver me from that. God, you did make that come to pass. God, you did set me free from that. You are a trustworthy and loving and forgiving father and God I thank you for allowing us to discover more and more of you Lord we love you we honor you we adore you in the name of Jesus we pray amen I hope that you all have enjoyed this and I hope you've gained something talk to you next Friday